Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today. And Chef Jamie Larita is in his kitchen. And we are thrilled to introduce you to Tara Teaspoon. She is the former food editor at Martha Stewart Living, food director of uh, Ladies Home Journal, and she now has her very first cookbook after being in publishing for 20 years. Tara, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me, both of you. Well, I have to ask this first question. How did you come up with the name Tara Teaspoon? Good question. (laughs) I get that a lot. So my name is Tara Bench, but I go by Tara Teaspoon, and so many people know me by that name now. Um, And it came about, the first time I heard it was a friend many years ago, um, said, I'm going to call you Tara Teaspoon because you're too short to be a tablespoon. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even quite 5'2", and I cook a lot for my friends. And so the name just kind of worked, and it stuck. And when I was coming up with my company name, that's, that's what rose to the top. So it hopefully uh, makes an impression. It's very memorable. I love it. Don't you, Jamie? Yeah, no, I, I wonder what my name would be, Margaret, being like, <laughs> you know, this big, uh, I mean, I I could be Jamie Tablespoon, but I think I would more, I would probably be Jamie Wooden Spoon, because that's what my grandmother used to do when I was a little kid, Tara. She used to like crack me on the hand with a wooden spoon because I was a little fresh. Oh, right. Those wooden spoons were good um, punishing tools, weren't they, when we were younger? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and speaking of growing up and youth, I love that it all began at your mother's side. Can you take us back into your childhood kitchen and share with us what your first taste memory was, but also how did your mother engage you in the cooking process? Oh, thank you. My first tasting memory. I will have to think about that. I have been around food and cooking my whole life. As you said, I, I'm i the only girl in my family, so I sort of uh, was by my mom's side a lot. And both my grandmothers are amazing cooks. So between the three of them, I was just immersed in dinner prep or you know, entertaining at the holidays, family gatherings, um, putting things together for friends coming over. And it all kind of revolved around food at, in our home. And my mother being a, an amazing cook and beautiful entertainer was the perfect example. So I, I just was with her at every step and learned how to set the table beautifully and what serving where to use. And, um, you know, how to prepare a beautiful meal and think about the balance of dishes and color and taste. And so I I learned so much from her uh, by her side. And 
my first taste memory, gosh, there's too many to even think. It just was probably my favorite tastes were those just weeknight dinners that mom would make great, you know, balanced meals with a veggie and a salad and some fruit and, and a main dish, you know, just her home cooking, I think is, is my favorite. Oh, that is so special. And I love how you give license to the home cook that it's okay if you don't follow the recipe. There are suggestions, there are recommendations. How did you come up with that methodology? Absolutely. I'm very much about inspiring cooking. So as an editor at magazines, I was writing, you know, hundreds of recipes a year for millions of people to see and possibly cook. And I think cooks are all very different. And so as you're creating recipes, you know they're going out into a world with people who are very good cooks, um, don't like to cook, love to cook, are amazing, can follow a recipe, have a hard time following a recipe. And so I like to put it out there and say, hey, this is, this is your guide and make it work for you. You know, swap in the semi-homemade ingredients or change a flavor if you don't like it, add a different ingredient, subtract one. But here's the guide and here's what can make it delicious for you. And Tara, that's a great point as far as like when, when I'm cooking, you know, and I'm encouraging people to use a recipe, I always say, please change it up. Please mm-hmm. make it your own. Please put your, you know, I say put your foot in it, right? But put your, <laughs> put your, put your mark on it. And like make it make it identifiably you. Like there's no reason why you can't take an ingredient out and replace it with something else or add something that that you think is missing because then that becomes the evolution of that recipe. It's all about energy, isn't it, when it comes to cooking? Oh, definitely. And I love that, Jamie. I love when you say put put your mark on it. I have so many um, you know, blog readers and people write in and say, Oh, I made your such and such, but I put this in it, or I made your chocolate chip cookies, but I added this. I love that. And, and they are, they're putting their mark on it and their energy is put into that food and it it shows. Wow. And you have truly put your mark on the publishing industry. I'd love to hear about your career. You are the former food editor at Martha Stewart Living. What was that like? Yeah. uh, You know, I have been just very uh, lucky to have some amazing work experiences in food publishing. Um, I studied culinary arts at college, and as much as I loved it and I loved cooking and I loved uh, the idea of food service, I didn't want to work in restaurants um, or be a caterer, do food service per se, but I wanted to cook, and so I sort of found my path in food publishing and after school uh, got an internship at Martha Stewart. So I was the kitchen intern for many months and that was just one of the greatest opportunities that propelled me into my career. They ended up hiring me and so I stayed at Martha Stewart and sort of climbed that ladder uh, for many years. And that's where I learned everything about food publishing and food styling and developing recipes um, was started as a, as a young intern. So it, it was fun and I got to cook and be creative and 
sort of become an artist in the food world that I didn't, I didn't ever expect that that is what I would go into or become, um, and be able to have a career that was so creative. But yes, I spent many years at Martha Stewart and that was an amazing experience as far as working with the most talented people in every area of lifestyle you can imagine. You know, I was working on photo shoots and stories with the crafters and the uh, garden editors and the art directors and, uh, you know, the craft crew. Everyone was so talented in what they were doing in that lifestyle arena. And the, I learned so much from the other food editors that I was working with. Um, Susan Spungen, you may know, she has many cookbooks and, um, she was my first boss and mentor and what a great opportunity to not only watch how she navigated and worked with Martha Stewart, but also produced such amazing food content for this magazine that was at the top of its game for many years. Wow. I mean, what an experience, Margaret. Can you imagine? Like that would be, you know, people say that I've had a dream job, but that would be a dream job. Don't you agree, Margaret? Well, it would be. I would love to watch everyone cook, but Tara, full disclosure, I'm still a long way from my goals and my own cooking. (laughs) But you're an inspiration. That's fine. Yeah. And it was a good experience. It was also the hardest thing I've done in my life. It was, you know, my full disclosure is it was a very political atmosphere and a very hard place to work um, at the same time being such an amazing experience. But yeah, it it just propelled me into the next steps and I moved on to um, being the food director at Ladies Home Journal, which was a very different feel. It was much more women's service uh, than lifestyle and, and that had its own pleasures and unique learning experiences. I am just curious because so much is changing within the publishing industry right now. What do you, as as someone who comes from that background, what do you see as the future of everything? Magazines are still coming out, which surprises me. And I think every time I hear of a new magazine or publication, I kind of gasp like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) they're not all shutting down. But I think it has slowed a bit and um, the publishing companies that are putting out um, weeklies, monthlies, quarterlies are much more strategic in how they do it. They've got a different, um, a lot of them are based on influencers or celeb based um, content and we're losing a lot of those general lifestyle and I mean almost all of the Seven Sisters women's service magazines are gone at this point. So that there's only a few of that legacy left and I think they're they're robust and they're still very valid and very um influential and to speak to the change that's happening, I love the change. I love that there are opportunities for other voices to be heard, other experts to be heard. Um, you know, as an editor, we fought for many years the idea that as magazine editors, we were no longer the experts. So we were going to influencers or bloggers or authors to say, here, we're sharing their expertise. And suddenly that was a shift. We had been the experts for, you know, 100 years. Um, but I like that. I 
I'm much more aware of how that can start more conversations. I love it. Yes. Yeah, it's a really interesting time, um, especially for, you know, people like myself. I have such a big story that I want to tell through Mm -hmm. my own experience with cooking and the idea of writing a book. I published one with Sarah McLaughlin um, called Plenty, but I really have another one in me. What advice would you give those of us out there that have a story to tell, a culinary story to tell, and a journey to talk about. Um, You know, I feel like, because I'm old school, that a book would be something that you would naturally want to put out. But, you know, as somebody who has, you know, been trying to build a social media background as well, what advice do you have for the person out there that has a story to tell? What would be your advice to say to that person? I don't know that there's one path. I... I would say, first and foremost, start telling your story. There are so many outlets. I mean, we're sitting here having this lovely chat on a podcast. There's that outlet. There's, like you said, social media, which takes some time to build. But there's websites. There's blogging. There's um, mini publications, self-publication for books. I think there are so many opportunities to tell your story. And my advice would be, Start. Start telling that story. Start creating that connection with people, you know, in parentheses, building your audience. Um, and and get it out there. there. Like you said, you have it in you. Put it out there. It can always be restructured into a different format down the road if you find that that's where you're connecting better. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I love all of the opportunities there are to tell stories. And it, it, it's, just, it's just so crazy how, like, when we talk about going back even 10 years ago to today, mm-hmm. how fast a message can get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yes. the difference is that what you put out there can really be, like, seen by so many people now. It's almost a little bit – it's exciting and scary at the same time. It's yeah. the speed of social media, for sure. Yeah. And Tara, speaking of sharing stories, I love the sh- stories you are sharing and the recipes in your new cookbook, Live Life Deliciously. What inspired the title? And let's jump into some recipes. Well, thanks. I'd love to. I'm so excited about this book. You know, it's um, it's just can be very cliche when authors, cookbook authors are like, this is my baby or this was my dream. I, I, it wasn't always my biggest dream to write a cookbook, although I had it in the back of my head, you know, I, I'd like to. Um, but once I started working on it and really curating it, it, it did become a great dream. And the live life deliciously became my tagline a few years ago, as far as my brand and my thought and what I what I wanted to put out there is I really, I'm not 30 minute meals. I'm not, you know, get dinner on the table quick or, you know, spend 10 hours making sourdough or I, I don't have any of those specific niches. I just want to share how to live your life deliciously. And so that's what came of, of titling this book. So is there a recipe in the book that you know, really, like when I write recipes or when I cook even recipes that bring me back to like a certain really amazing place or space in my life, what is the recipe in the book, your go-to recipe that you really hope, although I'm sure there's many, what's the one recipe in that book that you think will resonate with people the most? 
Oh, Jamie, there's just too many. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. One, right? Of course. But I, I think, um, you know, nostalgic recipes, I would say one of the, a couple are the, my, the coconut cream pie. That's, oh, I grew I up. I love coconut cream pie. <laughs> yeah, with my mom making coconut cream pie. And then sentimental recipes like the orange cream cheese filled ginger snaps. You know, that recipe was inspired by my great aunt who made a cookie very similar. And other ones that I think will resonate so much with people are how to incorporate amazing, even global flavors into their everyday cooking at home. So my Thai meatball curry or, um, you know, the simple cheese and herb potato gratin that just is your typical delicious potato gratin, but turned on its end. Like just by changing the look of it, you have a completely different presentation. It's kind of a wow dish um, with one little change, yet it's so easy and accessible. So I think there's a handful that I think will resonate with people that I think really stand out. And I know that food brings us to the table and especially desserts, in my case. Now that we're not <laughs> able to gather as much as the table at the table with friends, you know, in large groups, how, how do you, how do your recipes transcribe to gatherings? Uh, do we make it virtual? What, what do you recommend during this time? Mm -hmm. I think we are going through such an interesting moment. Um, and I've kind of loved it. You know, at first I thought, uh oh, my book had a lot of entertaining recipes in it and food for gathering people together. And, and I love that, um, that thought and sentiment for sure. Um, but I have loved as I've sort of shifted gears just to talk about the book in this time is that this time has sort of invited everyone to learn that ancient art of cooking. You know, people are actually cooking at home more. We know that. And trying new things, trying new skills, realizing they can make that favorite takeout dish with a few extra ingredients in their pantry. Um, and that's, I think, what I want to share with people is, hey, you, this, you can do this. This is easy. And guess what? It actually can be fun, whether you have a group of two people in your small house, you know, or if you've got, if you're quarantined with five people, you've got a family gathering that you're close to. Um, it doesn't need to be a large group of people to enjoy yeah. that time in the kitchen. Right. And that's really inspiring because you said something that really rang a bell with me is that, you know, a lot of people are back in their kitchens almost by force, right? Where they're mm -hmm. like, okay, now I'm faced with actually... Here I am having to cook, and, you know, I think a lot of people are finding themselves within themselves in the kitchen. You know, I've, I'm talking to a lot of friends that are stepping up to the, you know, stepping up to the plate when it comes to food, and, you know, what I keep telling them, I'm hearing you say, too, is that it, it's a, it, I think a lot of people are actually finding the passion of cooking um, throughout this. I almost think it's a great opportunity to get people back into the kitchen. Because food is love, and as we know, cooking cooking is love and sharing and nurturing. It's almost like the universe wants people to go back into like 
the old mindset of being in the kitchen and cooking. Right, right. And and almost that self-reliance and being sort of, you know, responsible for for that part of of your everyday. I love it. Oh, and speaking of loving it, listeners, you are going to love this cookbook. I will make sure I send links and provide that on the post. But I always like to end the show with your top three tips for the home chef. Yeah, I I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I, I want people to get out of this book is even if they have one or two recipes that they find in this book that are that go on repeat, you know, a, a favorite vinaigrette or a great Wednesday night meal. That's that's all I ask. Find something you love and make it on repeat and explore new things. And that goes along with my three top tips. I think I would one of the most important things that I always, you know, shout from the rooftops is my number one, get a few good sharp knives and good cutting boards and have those in your kitchen. You know, I have a whole chapter on, you know, stocking your kitchen with the right tools, but that to me, a sharp knife and a good cutting board will make your cooking so much more enjoyable. My next one would probably be try a few new ingredients and have them in your pantry every month. Try something new. Maybe it's fish sauce explore the recipes then and the great umami and saltiness that fish sauce can bring into your dishes or try a new frozen vegetable to have on hand that's different from what you usually do try something new every month and then my last one i would make chocolate chip cookies just make (laughs) them it just you probably haven't for a while and there it just makes you happy in the kitchen I love that. I love that tip the most. And those are really great tips, Margaret, especially the one about trying something new. I love going into some kind of like a a market and finding an esoteric ingredient that I know nothing about and picking it up and bringing it home and saying, okay, what am I going to do with this? One of the first things that I do is I'll I'll put it in like a pat of butter and eat it on toast. Just to try a new spice, you know, just... Simple, simply just try it on toast. See what it tastes like. And I love that tip. Those are really great. Three great tips. <laughs> Thanks. So glad. I love that. <laughs> and there are many, many more tips in Tara's new cookbook, Live Life Deliciously. Tara, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat and sharing how Jamie and I can live life deliciously. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. And thank- Margaret, don't you mean Jamie Jamie Wooden Spoon? I'm Jamie Wooden Spoon. Get it right. <laughs> I don't know what type of spoon I would be. <laughs> so- <laughs> Margaret Measuring Cup, silver. maybe. I think it would be a little silly. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, this has been so much fun. And thank you, dear foodie friends, for joining the fun here on Kitchen Chat. Make sure you visit TaraTeaspoon.com. And she also has a YouTube channel. I'll be sharing sharing all of those links along with a link to her book. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories too. As Margaret always says, 
Savor the day. 